equivalent to Sabbath keeping. When Sabbath, you keep the Sabbath because you're saying, God, you don't need me for the world to go around. You don't need my work to provide because you're the provider. And fasting is saying, Lord, I need you more than I need my daily food. If you've ever tried to get an appointment with a person who was at the top level of a chain of command, you know that sometimes, well, it's many times impossible as we listen to Pastor Daniel explain why it was such a big deal for Esther to approach the king, we'll be asked to consider how we can approach our God. We can't go into a meeting with the President of the United States, but you can approach the Creator of the universe at any time. What a gift. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, The Banquet. We're doing a series in the book of Esther, and I was so excited when I looked at how the text laid out that we get to be studying this chapter in the book of Esther today on Mother's Day. Because if you think about a mom, you think about somebody who is strong and somebody who is bold. You think about somebody who is a rock in your life. You know, as many of you know my story, my mother passed away now almost 18 years ago. And in a lot of ways, I didn't even realize when my mother passed away, I never realized what a rock she was until that rock was gone. You know, and it was a, a jarring, obviously, life experience from a lot of different angles. But... You think of somebody who is strong, somebody who is bold, somebody who is loving yet courageous. Now, one of the things I didn't realize about moms until I married my bride, Lynn, and we started having children is that how much of parenting is a walk of faith. That although as a child my mother was strong and bold and a rock, as a parent you oftentimes don't know how it's going to work. You don't know if you're doing it right. You don't know if you got the right decision and uh, if it's all going to work out. And what's beautiful is that when we're children, we're not supposed to know that mom sometimes doesn't know what mom is doing. But even though moms don't know what they're doing, God still uses them in a really powerful way, don't they? And in a lot of ways, that's exactly what we see in the life of Esther. Think about what's gone on as we've traveled in the book of Esther. Esther becomes the queen in the Medo-Persian Empire. She's married to this man named Ahasuerus. History knows him as Xerxes. 
I'm sure that if he could choose, he'd probably choose Xerxes as his well-known name. It's a little cooler than Ahasuerus. And she's the queen of this empire, but there's this man named Haman who, because of Esther's cousin, the man who raised her, this man Mordecai, Haman hates the people that Esther is her national. He hates the Jewish people simply because his ego is so fragile that he is not getting the honor and the respect that he wants from one person. So he goes to the king and he tells the king a story and the king decides, yeah, okay, we can kill all of these Jewish people. The king doesn't even really want to know. And the king does not realize that Esther is a child of Israel, doesn't know it. And sure enough, Mordecai comes to Esther and we looked at this last week, and, and he says to her, in effect, you need to do something. And Esther is scared. She's like, listen, no, 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 like, I, I can't just go to the king. It doesn't work that way. I haven't seen my husband in 30 days, and if I come and I'm not invited, unless he raises that golden scepter to me, I'm going to lose my head. I'm going to die. I'm going to give up my life. And, and Mordecai says to her, listen. Don't think if you do nothing that you're going to be spared, but don't you think that maybe God placed you where you are for such a time as this? And remember, we ended last week with that. Because it's great to see it in the life of Esther, but oftentimes we're not willing to see it in our own lives. That God has us where we are right now with the details of our lives for such a time as this, the exact circumstances that God has placed you there by design, not by mistake. And I think for so many of us, we're not willing to look at our lives that way. We're not willing to see, no, God has a plan in this, and I need to take a step of faith. And we find Esther taking that step now. She goes to Mordecai. She says, okay, listen, I'll do it. This is what I want you to do. Tell everyone to fast. Don't eat for three days. Me and my maidservants, we're going to do it, and then I'm going to approach the king. We landed there, but she ends with, if I perish, what? I perish. She says, I don't know what's going to happen, but I believe, Mordecai, that my life is here for a reason. These details are for a reason, God. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to pick up your Bibles, open it to Esther chapter 5. That's our text for today. Esther chapter 5. Now, look at what it says. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then we're going to break it into pieces. But look what it says. Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house, while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. So Esther answered, if it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, bring Haman quickly, that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman went to the banquet that Esther had prepared. At the banquet of wine, the king said to Esther, what is your petition? 
It shall be granted you. What is your request? Up to half the kingdom. It shall be done. Then Esther answered and said, my petition and request is this. If I have found favor in the sight of the king and it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then let the king and Haman come to the banquet which I will prepare for them and tomorrow I will do as the king has said. So Haman went out that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate and that he did not stand or tremble before him, he was filled with indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. And he sent and called for his friends and for his wife, Zeresh. Then Haman told them of his great riches the multitude of his children, everything in which the king had promoted him and how he advanced him above the officials and servants of the king. Moreover, Haman said, besides Queen Esther invited no one but me to come in with the king to a banquet that she has prepared. And tomorrow I am again invited by her along with the king. Yet all this avails me nothing as long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then his wife Zeresh and all the friends said to him, let a gallows be made 50 cubits high and in the morning suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it. Then go merrily with the king to the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman so that he had the gallows made. Now, you notice that this is the, the center of the story now. We've already seen all the setup and the scene shifts again. We saw fasting and mourning in Shushan, the citadel, amongst the Jewish people. And now we move back into the palace where there's banquets and parties. It's different how things look different from different places, different vantage points. But we find here that Esther is prepared. Notice in the end of verse 4, she requested fasting and prayer. She was spiritually prepared. And now in chapter 5, verse 1, we find that Esther is being physically prepared. It happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the house. Now, you moms realize that preparation is a big part of the job, isn't it? So many things to prepare. And Esther is spiritually prepared and she's practically prepared. Now, this actually isn't my first point, but it's a great point, isn't it? That you and I need to learn how to be spiritually prepared and practically prepared. Now, I say that because I realize that in 21st century America, all of the energy goes on practical preparation, right? You make sure there's gas in the car, the Costco membership is legit. It works, right? You make sure that you're saving for retirement. You have clothes to wear. You make sure you buy your beauty products and all that stuff. But we have to always remember, those things are not bad. They're not bad. But you can't only be practically prepared for life. 
You have to remember that because deep down you know that the most practical preparation for your life is that spiritual preparation, is the ability to be able to look at the world as the world really is, not the way the world seems. See, our world tells us if you have money in the bank, if you have gas in the car, even if it's a, if it's a clunker car, if you can get from point A to point B and you look the part, you're going to be doing all right. But you have to remember that this life is a small subset of eternity. It's a minuscule subset. And the ways that we live and move through this life is actually fueled by your spiritual preparation. When was the last time you fasted for three hours, let alone three days. When was the last time you said, God, you are more necessary than the food that is necessary for me to live? And I'm hungry for you, God, more than I'm hungry for a cheeseburger. When was the last time you were so serious about God that you said, God, I need to meet with you and I'm willing to not do anything else but meet with you? That's what fasting is. Fasting is a discipline that says, God, I'm acknowledging that I need you more than what I need to survive. Now, I say that and I realize everyone's just like, whoo, except for the handful of you who do fast and you're like, yeah. That's how that goes, right? A few of you are like, yeah, I'm more spiritual than all these kind of Christians. You need to fast from that pride, right? But listen, Jesus said that when the bridegroom is away, his followers, what? Will fast. In a lot of ways, fasting is an equivalent to Sabbath keeping. When Sabbath, you keep the Sabbath because you're saying, God, you don't need me for the world to go around. You don't need my work to provide because you're the provider. And fasting is saying, Lord, I need you more than I need my daily food. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have blood sugar problems, you're diabetic. I I realize that there's a fast off of CSI, okay? (laughs) Find something to give up so that you can be prepared for the messy life that you're walking into. Time in the word. Time in fellowship, rolling up your sleeves in service. So many of us were going out to life unprepared. When was the last time you left your house without a pair of pants on? (laughs) Nobody raised their hand. You'd be sitting in jail in decent exposure. You put those babies on one leg at a time because you got to prepare for the day. Brothers and sisters, Are you prepared for your day? Charles Spurgeon said, man, I didn't even get to my first point. This is a good point. Charles Spurgeon said, I determined not to look into the eyes of another person until I first looked into the eyes of God. You got to prepare, my friends. And Esther's a great example of being prepared. She's ready for her day. She's ready for the step. She's spiritually prepared. She's practically prepared. She gets dressed in her, in her queenly garb. 
And she goes and she stands right at the entrance of the king's house where he's sitting on his throne facing the door. And verse 2 tells us this. It says, So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. My friends, you and I need to find favor with the king. We need to find favor with the king. Remember, this is Esther's fear right now. She wants to go into the presence of the king, but in that culture, if the king didn't invite you, you are imposing yourself on him. And the only way an uninvited guest escapes the death penalty is for that king to raise up his scepter and say, I'm happy to see you. And Esther needed three days of fasting from not only herself and her maidservants, but all of the Jewish people, because this was the fear that she was going to go before the king and he wasn't going to raise his scepter. And she had the history of Queen Vashti, who he disposed of. He realized that this guy wasn't exactly the most stable guy. But sure enough, in faith, she presents herself and the king raises his scepter. You realize, I hope, that we do not have the right to demand access to the king. The king has to allow us into his presence. And brothers and sisters, that is what the finished work of Jesus is all about. It's about the reality that God is king of kings, Lord of lords. He is the ruler over all rulers. Like, let me give you an example. Imagine you wanted to go see the President of the United States. So you get yourself your ticket to Washington, D.C., and you just walk on in. And you try and walk right on in to the Oval Office. How do you think that's going to go for you? <laughs> Don't try it at home, my friends. Because even though he is the elected official, a public servant, we cannot demand access to the President of the United States. If you try, you will fail and most likely be imprisoned. You realize the implication I'm going to make now, right? How much more so the creator and sustainer of all things? See, too many of us are under the illusion that just because God created you, you have unlimited access to God in whatever state you are at any time. You need to find favor with the king. And my friends, you and I find favor with the king the way Esther found favor with the king because we have been spiritually prepared and we've been practically prepared. And that all comes through Jesus. See, you are spiritually prepared by being forgiven. Because you know what it's like. All of us have people that there's been a severing of a relationship. All of us have it where our relationship is broken. And the only way for that relationship to be made whole again is for forgiveness to be granted. For someone to say, it's okay. I forgive you for what happened. And you say, I'm sorry for what I've done. See, when a relationship is broken, there's a severing. And forgiveness is what brings that relationship back together. And Jesus died on a cross because we have broken our relationship with God by nature of our own rebellion. And we've all done it. But not only that, the Bible says that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we get the old soiled clothes. The old man gets removed and we put on new clothes. 
We put on the royal garments. It's powerful. Brothers and sisters, we find favor with the King of kings and the Lord of lords by believing in Jesus and walking in the Spirit. And because we believe in Jesus, we walk in the Spirit. Listen to Psalm chapter 90, verse 17. It says, and let the beauty, some translations say, favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the way we live. That's what happens if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. God's favor rests upon us, and then God establishes the work of our hands. We need to find favor with the king, and Esther has found favor with the king. He raises his scepter. She goes on in and touches it, and look at what happens next in verse 3. And the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half of the kingdom. And so Esther answered, if it pleases the king... Let the king and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. And the king said, bring Haman quickly that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman went to the banquet that Esther has prepared. And at the banquet of wine, the king said to Esther, what is your petition? It shall be granted you. What is your request? Up to half the kingdom, it shall be done. Then Esther answered and said, my petition and request is this. If I have found favor in the sight of the king... And if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then let the king and Haman come to the banquet which I shall prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king has said. Now, it's interesting because Esther really has one question, but she takes a completely different route, doesn't she? She goes on in, the king's happy to see her. What, what's, your, what's your request? Now, you notice he keeps saying, I'll give you up to half my kingdom. You've read that in the Bible before. That was a culture of way of saying, I'll be really generous with you. He's not really going to give him half the kingdom, right? But it was, you know, it's one of those things, like how many times have you ever heard someone say, hey, anything you need? Are they really going to give you anything you need? Can you imagine, be like, hey, anything you need? Yeah, can I have the keys to your car and the title? You'd be like, well, hey, I didn't mean that, right? See, up to half my kingdom was a kingly way of saying, I'm really generous, but you'll notice nobody ever asked for half the kingdom. Because everybody knows, it's, a, it's an idea. It's like, well, what can I give you? And she says, you know what? I want to prepare a banquet for you and Haman. Can you guys come today? And he's like, great, go get Haman right away. We're going to Queen Esther. And then they're at this banquet, and they're feasting together, and it's the course of wine, which was a part of this way they did royal banquets. And she's like, okay, he's like, okay. Queen Esther, what do you want? I'll give you anything you want. It will be done for you. And she's like, you know what? Can we do another banquet tomorrow? Now, that's kind of like a mama for you, right? Like, I'm going to feed you. Can I feed you more tomorrow? You know, I love this stuff because that's my family. My grandma, food was a love language, man. It was amazing. You go to my grandma's house, she'll cook for you, and you'll be stuffed to the gills, like this high, right? And then no, she was like, are you still hungry? You want some pizza? I'll make you pizza. And you know what you do when grandma wants to give you pizza, right? You say, amen in Jesus' name. My dad tells the story the first time he met my mom's grandma, who I never, I don't remember. She was, she passed away when I was really young, my, my great-grandma. But he tells the story that as a good Italian boy from Brooklyn, he went to meet Nana, 
you know? And sure enough, she was feeding him. He said that he ate so much that when he left, he drove down the block and he threw up out the car. He was so full. Jesus is Today we heard about Esther's step of faith. She didn't know if she would live or die, but she knew God placed her there for a reason. Pastor Daniel described how Esther found favor with the king and encouraged us to find favor with our king. It's our joy to bring you Jesus is Real Radio each day here on this station. We want to give you the opportunity to partner with us here at Jesus is Real Radio so we can bring the ministry to as many people as possible. Simply log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and select Partner from the main menu. There you can help spread God's Word by becoming a monthly supporter or by giving a one-time gift. For most of us, our smartphone is an extension of our body. They are constantly ringing and dinging, telling us what to do and where to go next. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Jesus Is Real podcast. Each week, the programs right here on the radio are available in podcast format. So if you miss one of the broadcasts, you can always catch up by subscribing to the Jesus Is Real podcast. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel reminds us through the story of Esther that our lives are not our own. God's generosity shines through this teaching as well as the need for us to give. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Jesus is Real Radio.